Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Folks, it's the one and only V, the girl economist, coming to you live on this edition of V for Velas. Velas is here with us, and uh, folks, you want to get a hold of Velas, you can find him lurking as the Lord of the Trash Pandas inside the Discord. And if you need to get into the Rogue News Discord, you got to email cjcj at roguenews.com. cj at roguenews.com. Uh, CJ, CJ probably will be joining us right after 11 15. And uh, with that being said, Velas, what's up, buddy? How are you? Good morning, my friend. How are you? Got uh, quite a bit of cold here in the Midwest. Oh man, it, it, it's the weather's schizophrenic. Yesterday was beautiful, then towards the evening it it turned cold, and I give up, man. It's just mayhem and chaos up up until at least April. You know, I can't I can't make sense of what the weather's trying to do. Nah, it's schizophrenic completely. So but, uh, uh, what's we got, up, brother? What's on your radar? Yeah, screen? we. We got a lot to cover, folks, and I want to make sure I don't cut into Harley's uh, program at noon, so I'm just going to jump into it. Um, so first item, uh, it's an Ohio thing. Uh, I would like to help with some confusion I know that's out there. Uh, for some of you who haven't been through the great square state of Ohio, um, Ohio uses the complete opposite of pronunciation of, of state, city, and town names than you would believe they are. So, for instance, there's a town in Ohio called called uh, Lima, but they don't pronounce it Lima. They pronounce it Lima. And there's another town Weird. that you would pronounce Bellefontaine, but they pronounce it Bellefontaine. So that's why Bellefontaine. New Palestine is pronounced the way it is. I don't know why this is, but the state kind of likes to be like the artist Sade and pronounce things differently than they, than they should be. Um, Another tidbit, uh, for those of you that also were on the Discord channel for Frank, quite frankly, uh, I've been in contact with Frank. Uh, Frank's Discord has been nuked. Uh, the, the target is completely gone. Um, Frank lost everything. Uh, he doesn't know what happened, wow. uh, but they completely canceled his account and all the data that was on that page and everything else. So uh, we here at Rogue are, are very aware of that and are looking at other options. I know Frank has what's called a guild page it's kind of similar to discord um so we'll also be looking at our options i know that mike moore has a kind of a chat board but he, he runs it personally through uh his kind of hardened website and similar uh as i often say on the show folks we got to kind of pivot and move here uh as the powers that be 
uh, tend to get angry about the stuff we cover in the alternative space. Um, Chicago and Denver. Uh, I don't know that all of you saw this recent data point that came out. The uh, I'm dead serious about this. Our annual loss of life in Chicago and Denver per city per year is higher than our casualty count in Afghanistan or Iraq. Oh, that's so we, wonderful, man. That, that's progress, fellas. We should be proud of that. Hey, we got to get the population down any way we can. Uh, you have two major American cities where more people are dying each year than combat deaths in a declared war zone. So just think that one through. Uh, I wonder how it'll go uh, this year. Um, I just returned from South Florida uh, with a couple of tidbits. Uh, first, property taxes and other taxes in Florida are increasing considerably. Now, yes, I know Florida does not have state income taxes, uh, but they're making up for it in other areas. Now, this is not to be unexpected given the massive level of state growth and the fact that incoming citizens have the wealth to pay those taxes. I will say, though, if you're thinking of moving down there or have friends or relatives who are, uh, definitely review your car insurance costs home insurance, property taxes, where you're thinking of moving. I've got a buddy of mine that recently moved to Phoenix and he was comparing the fact that, you know, his car insurance in our home state was about, you know, 80 bucks uh, a month or so. And uh, where he moved in Arizona, it's like 120. And if he had moved to Florida, it would be 370. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It, it's so true. Florida's property taxes are through the roof. You know, where I'm living currently, it's like our, our property tax is capped at 1%. How even California, the property tax is capped at 1%. Insane. Yeah. So, you know, and the other thing is, as friends of mine in the state have said, at least when it comes to South Florida, but I would assume this is true across the state, um, they, they really did need a lot of road work and similar down there before. And those projects had been kind of on hold. Uh, they've now uh, fixed a lot of those roads, and which is good. And, and the, the, you know... Um, problems have been resolved but uh they got to pay for it somehow so yeah i mean it's 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 getting a little pricey down there um the other data point is something that you know we've said here on rogue often uh we're not alone in this it's just a nader, another data point that that confirms what we've been saying the people i met with are are very very successful uh professionally as well as financially in in the work that they do in property and legal and other areas and i trust these folks immensely and they're very connected globally, as you might imagine, being in Miami. But their counsel to me while I was down there was keep an eye on May to July this year. Uh, their their feeling and their position and the way they're living their lives is uh, there's a lot of big money moves that are going on right now. And it's something we've mentioned on Rogue. They, they expect the global economy, the roof to cave in around June. Um, now, what does that mean? How bad will it get? Where will it occur? Will it be progressively slow? Who knows? But a lot of the, you know, a lot of the big folks out there are saying that it's it's looking more and more by early summer, we're really going to start seeing uh, the oil run out of the engine and metal on metal contact. So just keep an eye out. Mike Moore over at True Pundit, uh, he's been picking up on Brendan O'Connell's work, which is interesting, and. Uh, Mike Moore has said that after having his team of minions, because uh, Mike Moore now has a team of what he calls the young bucks, uh, my my gut feeling is, is he's got some high school seniors and some college students working for him, and they're helping him manage the show and manage you know the user community and so on. And they're doing a lot of his research, especially now that he's getting into a lot more stuff that he's got to double and triple check before he, he covers it on the air. 
Moore was saying recently that he likes Brendan O'Connell's work and thinks that uh, after his folks researched him, that a lot of what, if not all, of what Brendan is covering is spot on. And this brings up a name of someone that some of you have been posting on Discord, and a number of you may be growing in your awareness of a person named Mike Gill. Uh, Mike is a guy who's been coming out of the shadows and has been extensively interviewed by Brendan uh, O'Connell on Brendan's private page. I think Brendan probably at this point has four or five lengthy interviews with Mike Gill. Uh, and Mike Moore interviewed uh, Mike Gill this week on True Pundit, but it's it's his True Pundit program uh, that's the, the the higher end one. He calls he calls Hotwire. That you gotta you gotta pay even more to to get those uh, broadcasts. Um, if you have a chance, go check out the Mike Gill interviews with Brendan O'Connell that are on YouTube. Um, there's a lot with Mike Gill. Uh, the net of it is this, um, and this is going to be kind of rapid here, folks. The first item is is that J- James O'Keefe and all the stuff going down at Project Veritas. It's Gill's position that it appears that Veritas since day one was a blackmail operation against powerful people. So we've got to kind of get the whole conservative libertarian supporting angle of Veritas out of our minds. Uh, O'Keefe and the whole storyline is fiction. And that O'Keefe had to step down because one of his prior blackmail operations was going nuclear and that it had nothing to do with the whole Pfizer uh you know, posting that we saw about the the guy talking about Pfizer doing the experimental research and so on. This is something that's so big in the realm of their blackmail operations, it was too dangerous for them to hold on to it, and therefore O'Keefe had to go. The second item is, is the blackmail was, and here's the bombshell, that New Hampshire, the state of New Hampshire, is to fentanyl trafficking what Mena, Arkansas, was to cocaine in the 1980s and 1990s. That New Hampshire is ground zero fentanyl trafficking in the United States. That there is an American cartel, uh, not Mexican organized crime, but an American cartel that's been operating in New Hampshire for some time. And that I thought evidently, it was the Chacons. Right. And that evidently <laughs> the, the DEA and the FBI are being paid to let the trafficking take place. And say it with me, this does include evidently at times child trafficking. Uh, a lot of the narcotics and related are being moved in car carriers and other run-of-the-mill kind of trucking operations. Uh, there's a number of car dealerships and so on that are owned by some of these folks up in New Hampshire, and that's that's how they're moving the fentanyl and the other drugs around. Mike Moore, by the way, has confirmed this second item is completely true. Uh, he leveraged his retired and active federal agency resources, as many of you know, and I've shared here on Rogue, uh, Mike Moore. Uh, after having worked with the FBI for a number of years, Mike Moore had all these internal documents and so on from the CDC and other federal agencies that he's posted on his uh, sites a number of times. Uh, it, he was really hitting above his his uh, his weight uh, in the boxing ring to such a degree that, as I shared with all of you last summer, uh, there were actually Congress people on the floor of the House of Representatives who were madder in hell wanting to know how Mike Moore was getting copies of internal federal documents. And they were going nuts trying to find out who Mike's sources were. So if Mike says his sources are saying that this trafficking thing has been going on for quite some time and that the storyline is true, I got to go with that until I see alternative evidence. Also, once Mike Moore knew the right questions to ask his sources, they were able to confirm the topic as legitimate. And I mean, that is an old thing. You know, I mean, even when I was in Washington and people would be sitting around talking about stuff in a bar, doing the Goodfellas thing as you're holding your hand up to your mouth while you're talking to somebody. A lot of times you had to ask a question a certain way in order to get the answer you're looking for. Nobody was ever going to come up to you like a high school 
uh, locker room and go, man, you'll never believe this is going on or whatever. It's like you got to ask this question a certain way. The third item on the storyline is Mike Pence is also involved. And recall that I've shared with all of you that Mike Pence pretty much has been an asset of the Indiana pharmaceutical firm Eli Lilly for some time. So as I've often said here on Rogue, what's one of the ways in which when something really bad might come out about you, be you a Hollywood star, be you a Washington, D.C. person, it's like, hey, did you know that this person paid for a hooker? And it's like, yeah, we're going to float that story so that you don't know about this other stuff they've been they've been involved in that's far worse you you create a self-inflicted wound um to distract uh from what's out there the fourth item is is that we've got layers and layers of blackmail on top of blackmail as it relates to this topic as well as many others now one of the things that's true here supposedly is is that uh donald trump is involved in the following sense of this that mike gill went to trump's people during Trump's administration and said, because Gill was a researcher, and he mm-hmm. said, I've got all this data. And Trump said, you really need to go to Veritas with this. So Veritas interviewed Gill and basically deposed him about what was going on. And then Veritas sat on it. And then Veritas said, we don't know Mike Gill at all. We don't know who mm-hmm. the hell this guy is. Wow. So then Gill, who'd been recording the sessions with Veritas, released the tapes and said, here's so-and-so from Veritas interviewing me, the same guy who just told the media, we don't know who Mike Gill is. And because Gill is such a badass, the guy literally bought uh, billboards on New Hampshire's freeways and put the faces and names of the people who are involved in this whole scheme out there in front of God and everybody with, be sure to ask so-and-so from X, Y, and Z business why they're involved in moving fentanyl through this state. Yep. So they've been coming after this guy hard and they're mad. And the funny thing is, is that um, they tried to buy him off. They offered him $50 million. He wouldn't take it. So it's kind of like, you know, in South America, Ploma y Plata, you either take the silver or we're going to put a lead bullet in you. And he claims there have been multiple attempts to kill him. He's told Mike Moore and he's told uh, Brendan O'Connell, because I've watched these interviews, that he, he does expect to die. Wow. But he, he won't let go of this because he's like, you know, it's kind of like the thing with the mafia. If you look at the uh, the Godfather movies and similar where it's like, yeah, you know, we're involved in numbers and gambling and prostitution and all this stuff. But we're not selling drugs near schools because that's an infirmia. You know, we still follow sure. what the Catholic Church says. There's certain things we won't do because even we have rules. And that's kind of where Gil is coming from is, is you're, you're spreading fentanyl across America. You're killing people left and right. That's that. No, I'm not taking the money. So who, so basically what he's nailing, it's actually American corporations and American chemical and or pharmaceutical companies that are really behind this whole entire fentanyl craze. I mean, right now, Velas, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a new form of fentanyl that they're, be, they're using in Seattle. It's literally turning people's limbs necrotic. Yeah, I recall you bringing that up earlier this week or somebody mentioned uh, on the chat board um, during that program where you were talking about that, that somebody said this sounds like Crocodile uh, for for people that are familiar with what that drug is. Oh, yeah, Crocodile. Yeah, and the, 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 the subtlety here, folks, because we got to be real careful about what we're talking about, is 
when we say or people make statements to the effect of, well, the pharmaceutical industry may be involved, a.k.a. my comment about Mike Pence and his relationship with Eli Lilly, it's not to say that these firms are producing the drug per se. It's that powerful people inside those firms are involved because they have the distribution networks or they have the wealth from which they're benefiting. Now, in my own opinion, if something like this is going down, and I've said this on Rogue several times, no drug dealer wants to kill their customer. Uh, It's bad for business. So why all of a sudden, not just fentanyl, do we have so many drugs that are out there on the street that are, are killing people? And it's like, well, it's, it's, you know, scratch back of head. It's like, well, if what the World Economic Forum is talking about, if what we've been covering here on Rogue, and I'll get into it a little later in, in today's program, about their feelings about the world's population, well, this is a real effective way to get rid of a whole sector of the population that probably is already an economic hardship and isn't going to do much for your future feudalistic universe that you guys want to bring into being. Now, on this Donald Trump angle, and again, you're playing the big game here with the big the big players, folks, and, and everyone is guilty and no one is innocent. Um, this thing about Trump, Gill has been talking about this, that that his position is Trump has this information mm-hmm. and Veritas has the information <clears throat> and they had to put a bullet in O'Keefe and possibly even destroy the organization because the people they're going up against, even for them, there's an old saying out there that it's like, yeah, the, the world runs on blackmail. But there are certain people, and I'm channeling Patrick Ryan here, there are certain people in this universe you can't blackmail. You just can't. It goes to to Patrick Ryan's thing about you mess with a billionaire and these people are going to erase you down to your last genome. And so that's that's what it is with with Veritas. There's people that they've been blackmailing for the longest time by not putting out the information they were able to get on an organization or, or other people. That's their moneymaker. But there's some people you just don't want to blackmail. It's just not worth it. And this thing about about the Donald is is that he's sitting he's sitting on this bombshell. But because of the power he has or the influence he has, he can hold on to this evidence without being concerned necessarily. The feeling is, or the question that's been asked is, what's Trump going to do with it? Is he going to use it to block people that might try and stop his candidacy for the Republican Party for the next upcoming election, a la DeSantos? Is he going to use it, as he's often done in the past when it comes to other things, to get other things that he wants? Who knows? There's also the nuclear option which is that he just goes public with this and shuts down this network or tries to, to build his brand. There's no real way to know. Now, the question I would raise, though, is, remember, as I often say, you're looking at the magician's right hand. You're not paying attention to the left hand when it comes to how the media is constantly trying to distract us. Everybody remember that FBI raid on his property? Yep. Remember? Ah, Bingo! what it was all about holy cow bingo that's what was going on that's what was going on oh and last but not least wow holy crap boom and you heard it here on fifth fifth the Koch brothers are involved in this, which is kind of funny because there's really only one Koch brother. The other brother died. Uh, for those of you who know, the Koch brothers are out of Texas. They're often described as conservative backers, which is a lie, by the way. Yeah. Drum roll. The Koch brothers were backing O'Keefe and Veritas as their own private hitman to blackmail people that were blocking what they wanted. 
and ever deeper does the rabbit hole go. So as of right now, and until I see alternative of information to say otherwise, Mike Gill, in my opinion, is probably one of the most earth shattering folks out there in the alternative space when it comes to people producing their own original content, not necessarily just com commenting on, on the world at large. So to me, he's another kind of Mike Moore or Brendan O'Connell. Mike Moore even told Mike Gill on this private interview that you got to you gotta pay to, to hear it. Um, Moore was like, hey, you know, I went up against the FBI. They tried to throw me in federal prison. You know, for those of you who read his, his book, how we took down the FBI in our pajamas, which is actually the name of Mike Moore's book. Um, <laughs> he told Gill flat out, he said, you and I can talk offline. He goes, I've been there. And he goes, yeah, I think they are going to kill you. Holy and Mike shit. Moore was like, so you and I should talk offline so that you and I can set up, you know, archives of your information and stuff between me and Brendan O'Connell. We can probably look look out to make sure that the message doesn't get lost. So anyway, changing topic. What is old is new again. Remember, everybody, back in the 1990s, and I've raised this before, we had these things called BBSs or bulletin board systems. Uh, you used a dial-up modem or your PC to log in, and the screens were often, you know, single color or monocolored, or, or there were a handful of colors. We certainly didn't have Discord's glorious ability to post pictures or audio or film clips. And I wish many of you could go back with me in time and check out some of those websites, or not websites, but those bulletin boards. There I was in the mid-1990s, a poor graduate student in a dimly lit room with my ramen noodles and my coffee late at night, scrolling through fonts of knowledge that were previously only rumor. Things like the real behind-the-scenes events in government, uh, what was really going on in the international environment, and yes, one of my favorites, alternative archaeology. Uh, if I only knew... Uh, there was so much content in those days posted to those pages, and I've said this often. Um, you know, hindsight is golden. I, I swear to you, I would have screen captured so much data uh, that was out there back then. And I, I did save a lot of my web addresses and so on of those kind of archive sites. But, you know, those those sites are all, are all gone. Um, now, much like right now, one of the big items that was floating around the net, as we called it back then, uh, they, the famous they, we're going to use a fake alien invasion or alien event in 1995 to create a more clamped down one world government. Then there were rumors that came out on those same message boards saying that the secret had got out thanks to the bulletin boards and things like that. And the date was shifted to 1999 to take advantage of the millennium and the Aztec calendar. Now, an important consideration during those days is that government intelligence agencies were not really leveraging assets like what social media is today or Silicon Valley for that matter making this quote-unquote leak more interesting if you think about it. Now, some of you out there quite rightly might be saying, well, Vellis, you can't really know that. Well, the truth is I do, because the research institutions I used to work for, including the ones where I had a security clearance, provided me access to the big brain studies around topics like this. And it was in the later 1990s before serious effort to twist the public via the internet really caught steam. Now, why I'm bringing this up is, is on different bulletin boards across the country, whether they were private or, or hosted off universities or some guy in his basement, uh, each had fascinating data about a number of topics, including this whole alien thing. Now, why they chose 1995, how they would do it, who were the groups involved, what they hoped to gain, the list goes on. Further, it also communicated the incredible rage, and I'm using that word on purpose, these powerful groups felt at having their plans exposed and having to shift the date. Of course, if you really want to go there, you could make the argument they didn't need an alien invasion given the events of the fall of 2001. 
They had something much bigger and easier to believe. If in doubt, though, they bring the alien topic out. Remember, Hillary Clinton said in 2016, if she was elected, she was going to get to the bottom of Roswell. Matthew Arrett has already done a number of excellent synopses about these psychological operations leveraging the alien topic, and her statements and many others are making now. Now, I'm going to pause for a second and just kind of public service announcement. We're going to get into a little dark material here, but there's light at the end of this, and I've got some some solutions and things to, to share with all of you. So let me offer a rather simplistic explanation for what's going on economically around the world. Post-World War II, the economic model in Western countries, and especially the United States, was based on conspicuous consumption. Two parents, 1.9 kids, a pet or two, a car or two, a house, and then stuff to stick on the house. That's how the elites made their money, along with other things out of the tales of an economic hitman book. Now step back and think about this for a moment. For those of us who lived those years and had our childhood or our teenage years in the 1970s through the early 1990s, advertisements, movies, TV programs, etc., all of it was always focused on a story dynamic around couples and their kids, vacations, stuff bought for Christmas, etc. All of these family dynamics and watching the kids graduate and blah, 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 blah. To paraphrase the movie they live, consume. Now, several movies I can think about from those eras would often show women, if there were men and women characters who, if they were single or didn't have kids, that the movie would reveal their deepest desire was to have the leave it to beaver nuclear family and mow the lawn on weekends. Mike Moore, True Pundit, says this often, and I quote, the only thing the post-World War II elites have ever focused on is what purpose do the lives of the average person do for the elites? How are you going to serve them? Unquote. Do you make them money? Do you enable their ambitions? Or are they just going to harvest your organs? I'm dead serious. They've been viewing the world from the feudal lord viewpoint long before contemporary time. Now they want to move towards a digital economy and leverage artificial intelligence-like technologies to remove as many high-skilled and expensive laborers as possible. I would also point out people with a higher-than-average degree of education, as well as some, some world and life experience, are also the very people that might be your opposition. Also recall my comments from a few weeks ago about the Irish famine, Scotland's clearances, or the famous Belgian King Leopold II and his amusing thoughts about what he thought about people living in the African Congo and how they irritatingly were living there in the 1800s and his moves to get rid of them. The world's elites have decided they now just need a small cadre of loyal people to run things for them. Everybody else is just going to be slave labor. And that's the shift. There's no need anymore for a middle class. Just workers, vetted mid-level managers, and the elite. In that neo-feudalist universe, it's just a function of making the world's labor and moving it to where they need it. I was reading theoretical graduate school papers on this stuff back in the 1990s. This was the focus of advocates for expanding the European Union, NAFTA, trade agreements in Asia, the list goes on. If you ever read any of these academic studies, or these think tank studies, the main central premise of those efforts was fixated on how do we move labor around the globe without impediment. They wanted more technology and passports to allow people to move between countries with greater ease. But the truth of it was, it was never about making the free movement of people a better experience for the individual person. It was about moving labor free of borders to continuously keep labor costs down. 
I would often come across research and so on that would often focus on people in the Philippines and people out of Malaysia and people out of Bangladesh, because not to be indelicate, those countries tend to produce a lot of their, their citizens moving around the globe, helping on construction projects in the Middle East and so on. So this stuff would often focus on, well, how do we start here by using them as a test bed to figure out how to make this easier? And I know it's hard, but consider some of the themes of the content we've been posting on the Discord page. Canada wants to make it easier, regardless of the reason, to go full soil and green and let you euthanize yourself at new government centers. Major academics are publishing articles right now whose recommendations are methods by which countries with large elderly populations like Japan can get rid of those people. Recall what I said also on a prior show about Britain's National Health Service trying out ways to speed up the demise of the elderly in government rest homes in Western Scotland and Australia to perfect their approach. These people no longer serve a purpose for society, which for the elites is code for they no longer ser serve a purpose in the economy we're creating. And as I'm fond of saying, whether it's Rogue News or others like us, we are reporting and commentating on the real situation. So let's talk about turning the tide and fighting back. Rogue, on a number of occasions, we've provided tools consistently over the last two years for you and your family. We've also presented the hard truth. We all have to own this individually and collectively. A friend of mine down in Florida made a comment over drinks one night where they said, this is fantastic. We now have all had to become our own lawyers, our own financial advisors, and our own researchers because everything we're doing in our personal lives, we have to double and triple check because I can't count on the person I hired to do the job for me. Bingo. We've also presented the hard truth. We all have to move on. It's one of the reasons why I love Discord as well as other platforms like Telegram, enabling conversations and information sharing. Along these lines is another important consideration. Be very, very wary of news organizations, regardless of how they're labeled, whether conservative or otherwise, as saying that they are the alternative to the mainstream media. The reason I say that is there's a lot of psycho psychological operations going on, folks, and they continue to go on. So when news organizations like Fox just keep talking about, yep, another day, another lack of border controls on the southern border, that's not meant to enable or inform. That's meant to depress their conservative demographic. If you go to the book, The Conspirator's Hierarchy, The Story of the Committee of 300, it details heavily how the Tavistock Institute developed research on how to break the will of a society as early as the 1940s. At some point, I'm also going to actually get into that book a little bit more. I know many of you are familiar with it, and many of you make comments on Discord about that book. I've revisited it recently, and I'm rereading it. You know, it was published in 94, but i got to tell you, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that's like, wow, that was just in the news yesterday. Uh, and many of you are familiar with the famous uh, quote or meme who keeps getting reposted in social media off of the famous page 164 of that book that talks about, this is how you do it, and here are the steps you you uh, you take. Um, also, at some point in the future, folks, I'm going to revisit or visit uh, the topic of how MK Ultra originally learned how to create alternative personalities in people and the correlation to the movie and the book Telephone. Um, when CNN talks about another day and lost opportunities to enable a more civil society, that's not meant to inform either, but depress their liberal demographic. Now, here's an amusing tidbit. As a perfect example, the city of Philadelphia has a loss of life right now almost as bad as Chicago and Denver, who I mentioned earlier. Yet, no protests. 
There are areas in Philadelphia where literally law enforcement will not go to collect dead bodies because it's too dangerous for their safety. I'm not making that up. Locals in Philadelphia talk about the reality of what is going on frequently, yet no public demonstrations about the near collapse of law and order. We had the coup lockdowns in Philadelphia, but no protests. But Philadelphia loses the Super Bowl and now cop cars are on fire. Really? I mean, seriously, you'll only get off your tail when your sports team loses. And also there's a very narrow demographic who's conducting those street protests and looting. Boy, have you been snowed. Tavistock's folks did a marvelous job. Rogue News, Amazing Polly, Quite Frankly, Brendan O'Connell, Mike Moore's Thomas Paine, and the list goes on. We're all trying to inform in our own way about the truth and fight the intentional misinformation that's out there. And yes, that means covering some hard truths. At the same time, a lot of progress is being made. This is a distance race, folks, and not a sprint. I know I've said that before. And we're not going to turn the corner due to how an election turned out or an event as pleasant as George Soros has died of spontaneous combustion. This takes planning and long-haul mentality for all of us, individually and collectively. Now, some of you might find this funny, but there are times I sit in front of my computer and I'm looking at the news or whatever it might be, and I just laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh, it's a tragedy at times, but I'm laughing. I'm laughing because as I watch various global events, I'm, I'm talking at my computer screen saying things like, oh, <laughs> we're using the same rumors off bulletin boards from the early 1990s about objects in the sky. God, can't you guys come up with something original? Oh, look, another famine in Africa. Do you guys get bored or you just have those every 10 years? Oh, look, it's 1991 again. And this time, instead of Iraq, you're claiming both Russia and China have weapons of mass destruction. You're even using the same press images from 1991. Come on, guys. People can look at the people in those photographs and tell those clothes are from 40 years ago. The comedian Bill Hicks used to have a routine where he asked his audience, folks, is it just me or do you, are any of you addicted to the TV show Cops? It's like a tooth you can't stop pressing with your tongue. Ow. Oh, he's beating up his girlfriend again in the doorway of the trailer. Ow. Of course, the subtlety of his humor is, is he would later hit you with a left hook punch of you all do realize Cops is a show whose purpose is to demonstrate the state will come for you for disobedience. So let me turn on God's flashlight and share with all of you some things we need to think about. First, we have so many venues now who help people communicate and work together against the globalists, whether it's Discord, whether it's Telegram, whether it's a host of other sites. Even Twitter has returned to a more normal state of being for the time being. Second, we have many content hosting services from Twitch to DLive to Rumble or just self-hosted websites like what Frank at Quite Frankly is using or Mike Moore at True Pundit. Third, a big one, Patrick Ryan, and he's not alone in this, and other high priests of alternative reality have spent the last three years weaponizing essentially thought. He and his minions, and I've been keeping an eye on him, have learned how to weaponize chat GPT, how to tie up algorithms on consumer websites or social media with godlike power and create forums where, based on the conversations I'm reading, these guys might just actually undo reality at the rate they're going. Patrick Ryan, as I said, isn't alone. There are many, many others out there. He's operating, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, with a brain on loan from God. It's a horrible reference point, but his army of the undead are like libertarian anarchists taking ghosts with the machine to new levels. Fourth, parents are now creating self-organizing groups to cooperate, share information, coordinate legal action, and resistance to content school curriculums. We now have parent websites and groups who assist other parents. I just posted an article just this morning that a group of parents who'd been reading uh, rather 
disturbing content out of the books that are in their middle school kids' libraries were ordered by school boards no longer to attend any more meetings for reading from those books. Those parents just got paid $100,000 after they brought litigation against the school board. Sue, sue, sue. Get the lawyers warmed up. Number five, a very long road and a very hard, uh, hard-fought battle. The battle regarding uh, COOF and the inoculations. Many of you have now listened to Doc Keck's excellent program here on Rogue a few weeks ago. Doc was kind enough to send me a link to a call-in program by people across America who are battling that topic, both relative to their rights and holding people accountable. It's been a time-consuming and, yes, painful learning process. However, as I often say, with many topics, people's knowledge of the legal system is improving by leaps and bounds. And people are growing in their understanding, depending on your legal situation, you almost need to prep the case and establish jurisdiction before bringing in a lawyer. Now, lawyers have been skittish about taking cases on the coup for a variety of reasons. Now, while I was listening to Doc Keck appear on this call-in program, many of us in the audience came to realize that the group hosting that talk show has made some serious progress. And they also had some, some solid legal counsel for Doc Keck that they talked about with him offline of things he can do to keep that case of his in Virginia moving from their own experience about what works and doesn't work and what judges do and don't want to hear. And that's a positive, a very large positive. Sixth, to dovetail off Doc Keck's hard-fought legal battles in the legal systems, we have people like our listener, Bill. Recall, very wealthy people and well-informed people knew day one about avoiding inoculations by leveraging pre-existing FDA rules concerning emergency use authorization, sorry, emergency use authorization drugs, namely the two rules who make it illegal in any form to compel someone to take them. Now, it took the rest of us some time to learn that one. But now we know, and now we know how to research other federal rules if something like that comes up again. And Bill has been correct on many occasions when he has mentioned, um, even before we knew about those FDA matters, he kept advising people to follow some very simple legal guidelines about injunctions and similar approaches to put employers and schools on the defensive. The point is now people have an even better understanding how to read these federal rules and what your rights are. Further, to leverage the, the legal system, much less the Bill of Rights, as the legal system was intended. To paraphrase one of the legal experts who commented on Doc Keck's case, and I'm, I'm relatively paraphrasing, there's a point at which even lawyers concerned about pushback from powerful interests will have enough legal precedent on their side, their own self-interest will take over. That being that they can make themselves and their clients a lot of money, not to mention all the legal discovery it affords. Seventh item. There's a growing chorus of data and suggestions coming from a wide variety of sources, bear with me, uh, on how to manage the economic pain the globalists are planning. Mike Moore at True Pundit is working in that area. Robert Kiyosaki has been quite vocal. There's, of course, the very colorful Gerald Salente of Trends Journal and many, many others. This also includes the growing work of Algo, uh, Algo Cowboy and V as well from their program yesterday, and that both of them have been raising that a uh, couple of times now. It's not a single solution, folks, as we all have different needs. It's about other solutions and options to explore and find which one works best for you. The eighth and final item is, as we continue to get stronger and better with every passing day, folks, based on what I just listed. Imagine if we had this level of skill and communication back in 2019, but it is what it is. Every battle teaches us more and more to be effective and work together better than we did the day before. And remember, it's about the war, not the battle. There are battles we will lose. The goal is to win the war. Our numbers grow every day as do our skills and our resources, and the globalists simply don't have the numbers.
got through that faster than I thought, V. You're up, sir. CJ or V. Sorry about that, man. I was like double muted. I, I, I was muted on, on, of course, the stream yard. Then, of course, I was also muted on my mic. I, I didn't want any, yeah, give any me, accidents like uh, last time. <laughs> give me one second. I'm having a little headphone issue here, but keep going. No worries. My battery v, died in my head. Dude, I, I think uh, you were dropping bombs today. My hat's off to you. And again, we're painting that picture. It's it's going to take a lot of grunt work in order for yourself to prepare for what's ahead. If you cannot get the hell out of here and you're going to be stuck here and you're going to duke it out over here um, and, and hold it out over here, you have to start doing the grunt work now. In fact, you should have been doing the grunt work five years ago at the minimum. But here we are. The grunt work needs to get done. And you have to create yourself for yourself multiple streams of income, um, backup safety plans. I mean, you name it. I mean, unreal work that needs to get done as soon as you possibly can. And Zellas, small things, small things, yeah. and big things. You know, we've, exactly. we've mentioned we've mentioned on the show, and I was kind of joking about it on my last uh, program about you know keep some cash in your house somewhere and make sure it's in tens and twenties, not not hundreds. Um, there are so many possibilities and so many things that could happen. And that's where you've really got to do like a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and so on, where it's, you know, well, what if, what if there's a biological thing? What if there's uh, a train derailment? What, you know, what if, what if, what if Winston Churchill once said, there are so many ifs against us when it comes to battling Germany, we may have already lost this war. And he was just trying to point out that it's like, don't, go down the rabbit hole of everything that might happen so it's like what are the main things you can do it's like well you can probably beef up the amount of of um medications and things you keep in your in your medicine cabinet uh you can keep a couple of hundred hours on cash uh in tens and twenties in case there is some kind of interference to the atm missions at some point and we've even raised on the show little things like just if you if you've got a half a tank of fuel uh, don't wait till the till your fuel tank's on on empty. You know, fill it up every time you you hit the halfway mark. Uh, and then there's there's bigger stuff as far as your investments are concerned or similar. And that's you know, uh, V and Algo Cowboy are working in that direction. But there's others out there uh, that are talking about this. And I know Kiyosaki. I mean, Kiyosaki. You know, I mean his his thing, which he said for years, and I get that. And that's that's his his shtick. That's his area of expertise. Is um, rental property and similar. I know people who do that and it, it does take a bit of your time. I mean, you got to keep an eye on these properties. You got to watch who's, who's living there. Uh, and you will have some folks you gotta, you gotta move, move out. And for the, any of you who know about San Francisco law or, or Northern California law, or ever saw the movie Pacific Heights, uh, you got to make sure you're not in a state where even if the party occupying a, a property you own, uh, is in the wrong, um, you know, it takes an act of God to get somebody out of a property if they don't want to leave in California. So you, you've just got to kind of do your research. If that's not your thing, there, there are other things that, that you can look to. And candidly, you know, some of the folks I, I met down in Florida last, last weekend, uh, you know, many of them are of, of Cuban American extraction. And so given my own ethnic background, it's a strange conversation as, as we're all talking to each other in English, but, but, we all get the ethnic significance of of them looking at me saying, 
loosely put, we just got here in 1958 after we lost Cuba. I don't want to leave again. And I'm looking at them saying, what are you bitching about? <laughs> My relatives had to leave Scotland and Russia. <laughs> I don't want to leave either. We already did this shit about two generations ago. Plus, these folks have the money that it's like if you were going to move to another place, you know, it's they have the means to do it. And even for them, it's like, well, I might have some property. I mean, they, they have the means to do it, but it's like, I may have some property in another country, but there's still other considerations, uh, language and the law and everything else. So all of these things have to be thought through. Um, yes, it's a pain in the tail. I totally get that. Um, as I've shared with all of you, I've been in the courts for a number of reasons. I didn't want to be, uh, and for a number of years, and I've learned a lot. Uh, you know, the old joke about experience is not necessarily the best teacher, but it can be the most costly. Um, but I've learned a lot. And in spite of everything I've learned, I've still learned more from other guests here on Rogue or from Bill uh, and, and others out there. Um, I'm still not going to go get a law degree. I've still got friends who are like, would you please just go get the law degree? It's like, no, I am not going back to academia. I've had it. I don't, I don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need to know what your legal resources are. And as I've shared with all of you, I've had some folks who who I've helped based on the content we have here on the, on the program uh, about their struggles, particularly when it comes to school boards, but in occasion or two, their employers. And I've had these folks tell me very candidly, uh, I feel like such an idiot. And it's like, don't. Whether it's those those FDA rules we didn't know about or other things, um, you know, I, I have dealings periodically, I know V does too, with, with folks of very high net worth. And even those folks will come to me and say, holy God, how long is this? It's like, oh, that, that, that rule's been on the books since the 1920s. And it's like, damn, I pay people a lot of money to tell me information like this. Why wasn't I told? So that's why a community of people is one of our strongest weapons. And it's one of our strongest resources, folks, is whether it's Discord, whether it's all of you chatting on some of these programs, whether it's the content we here on Rogue provide or other folks in the alternative space. Uh, but again, I, you know, I tip my hat to Mike Moore. I mean, the guy two years ago was like, going to retired and active FBI and, and cybersecurity people saying, what's the worst case scenario? Let's work our way back. And the conclusion he came to was, uh, Mike, you got to make sure that your website uh, that you, you host your content from is hosted by someone who is not Amazon Web Services and is not Microsoft's Azure cloud services. You got to use a smaller vendor. You got to use somebody they can't put pressure on or whose networks are so interconnected with other small providers, there's no real way to shut you down. You got to set up your own hardened website. You got to make sure that any of your chat boards are still being moderated uh, for content, but even still that it's a private chat board. It's not one of these large uh, providers. Obviously what happened to Frank at quite frankly on Discord uh, most certainly catches catches my and our attention here on Rogue uh, and we will we will act accordingly. Uh, but for the time being, you know, the other thing too is it's like the old joke with uh, lawyers about you can say something in a courtroom as an attorney and the judge can tell the jury, ignore what you just heard, but you can't remove it from their minds. The judge can say, you need to forget what you just heard, but it's too late. It's, it's already in their heads. And when I think of the immense amount of benefit people got from Frank's Discord page, and the immense amount of information other than humor that was posted out there that I know a number of people have captured and have documented and so on. There was a lot of, of very uh, valuable and beneficial information that he had uh, out on his Discord page. And I know a lot of folks 
uh, we're able to, to use that, leverage it, copy it, save it, et cetera. So uh, good has been done. V and CJ? Very well said. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> good stuff. I was uh, listening in uh, as I was driving uh, to my home office and, you know, just a, a few thoughts. Uh, I've been, you know, listening, gathering a lot of information. The, the one that continues to puzzle me is, is regarding James O'Keefe. And I was in a Twitter space uh, listening. I think the Twitter space ran for like four hours and a lot of different commentary. Um, you know, definitely the structure uh, that he formed as a nonprofit, I think probably came back to bite him in the ass. Um, you know, he probably should have ventured out and had a separate LLC or, or something of that nature. I like O'Keefe. I do. I think he's brought a lot of value to the entire truth movement, exposing a lot of corruption. He's also a great marketer as well. Uh, so I, I always look at things in multiple of angles. I never go in and look at anything from one perspective. I always like to frame it, look at it from different perspectives. I did the same thing with O'Keefe. You know, okay, is he is he is he spinning off to his own brand? Uh, Project Veritas has always been branded with James O'Keefe, kind of similar to Infowars. Alex Jones, Infowars. Alex Jones, Infowars. The the two go hand in hand when you when you brand things, and and most people do brand things that way. Same thing when we do a rogue with V. Um, so is was an attempt to say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pull back from Project Veritas because of that structure. Um, and I'm, I'm openly going to leave because I'm going to to form my own platform and and raise a lot of money and do things. So so be mindful of that. Um, you know, we saw the same thing with Louder Than Crowder. Or I think that's how what he goes by, isn't it? Louder Than Crowder, Steve yeah. Crowder. Louder had, with Crowder. Louder with Crowder when he had that whole dilemma with that one Newsmax or whatever media company daily wire daily wire you know because he was on uh uh what's the guy that left uh fox news gray-haired guy oh. that almost went oh. online um uh, oh glenn beck glenn beck he was wasn't he on the glenn beck platform yeah, he was on blame so so obviously he got you know either hungry for money and and it's like you know what i'm gonna do and i, I don't mind I, I think it's great i think if they you know they get tired of being on a multi-channel network and they're gonna do their own thing but i don't want i don't want to uh drift too far away from the O'Keefe thing, there is one thing that we, we do need to consider, and that's the amount of, of legal fees uh, that Project Veritas was was taking in. And it is, if you review the information in regards to the Ashley Biden uh, diary, uh, I agree, Velas, that could have been cover for potentially something else uh, that they went in there looking for and seizing all his records, his phones and all that, that raid on O'Keefe's house. However, I believe it is a crime to hold uh, stolen goods. Um, and, and in fact, the two that did steal that diary uh, were, were prosecuted. So I think it's yet to be known uh, whether there's some type of potential uh, litigation or prosecution that may came after, come after O'Keefe where they said, hey, you know what, maybe it's best that you step aside for this, for this time being during this time period uh, because – we're not so happy about that. That's to be told. That's speculation on, on my part. But what is fact is that the two that, that lifted uh, the, the diary, they presented it to some uh, Don Jr., uh, a couple other people. There was no interest on their part. They said, we're not we're not touching this. That's when they reached out to O'Keefe and Project Veritas. They handled it very carefully, as they as they always do. Um, so so that's to be determined. And I'm wondering if there's not something out there that potentially could happen to O'Keefe in regards to prosecution for for holding uh, holding uh, stolen stolen goods, which I I'm not a, an attorney, um, but yeah, I think you can research. I think it is illegal to purchase stolen goods. Um, 
the you're, the, you're the gonna last... have to you're gonna have to re-listen to the front end of the show yeah. <laughs> that you missed because um, I covered. Well, no, I caught the whole thing with the, the, the drug trafficking, right? Oh, oh the, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, good. Okay, I, good, I, good, I, good. I caught all that, and I, you know, again, I take it. With, I, I, I'll have to look at it. I'll have to analyze it. Um, you know, you know, Mike Pence and and Eli Lily. I mean, I, Mike Pence doesn't. I mean, the guy. You know, I don't like Mike Pence personally, but literally, he rides bikes in 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 my neighborhood with his 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 wife with. You know, no security people at all. And that doesn't sound like to me somebody who would, you know, be at, at risk if if you counter the drug cartels who are illicitly uh, selling fentanyl and, and drug trafficking and you cross paths with them. I'm not saying it's not a possibility, but I'm just saying that usually when you cross the drug cartels at that scale, uh, usually bad things happen to people. And, you know, for him to be riding his bike with no security detail. And I know this personally because. One of my friends was trying uh, trying out for a, doing a triathlon triathlon event, and uh, he actually did some tree service for Mike Pence as well. He lives not too, he lives probably less than two miles from where I am, and uh, he 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 does that often. So so you know to me I don't I don't know if I was involved with stuff that deep that I would probably have some pretty pretty tight security myself, right? I mean you think about that you're you know you're dealing with the drugs and everything else like that, but that's that's neither here nor there. But um. Maybe uh, it wasn't deep. Maybe it was compartmentalized. Yeah, you know, could could have very well could have been. Um, um, majority of these things at the scale would work. Yeah, and then the the next portion of it is in regards to uh, uh, Project Veritas in general. So I I think most people are focused on what happened to him, but I think very much needs to be called into question was the uh, tactics that he used because he basically kind of created honeypots, kind of similar to hey man, um, yes. and it's, yeah, to, to what Epstein Epstein was doing. So I mean. I mean, setting people up and, you know, you know, getting paying people to, you know, whether they had sex with these people or whatever. Obviously, the guy from, you know, Pfizer was out on a, a date and was, you know, probably all horny and, you know, trying to get laid and exposing whatever he, <laughs> he, he, he wanted to. So I think that those tactics should, you know, a little bit should be questioned. Right. I mean, I, I, I agree trying to expose things, but, you know, um, you know, that uh, that that's something to, to, to take into consideration. But, you know, definitely interesting dynamics that are happening right now. I think we're going to see a a frequency i'm seeing an eerie thing happening right now uh the thing that i'm seeing right now is the eerie thing with twitter is kind of it's evolving into the entire thing that youtube was uh whenever we had the entire trump campaign uh getting ready to launch and obviously you know trump for his publicity stunt went to uh ohio or east palestine and and you know do it it was i don't even know if he spoke there. i think he just walked around and I'm starting to see now a lot of channels, a lot of spaces with Trump 24-7, you know, and they did the same thing uh, when he launched last on, on YouTube. And uh, basically, it's just a it's, it's just a vacuum for 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 nonsense. I mean, a lot of people are so disconnected on, on foreign policy. Uh, so just just be mindful of the spaces. Some of them are pretty good where they'll allow robust uh, debates uh, in, in regards to what's happening there. Um, and, and same thing with, quite frankly, like, you know. Quite frankly, I, I don't know what happened to his Discord, but I can imagine with having that much free content and free stuff on that, that 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 easily could navigate into some type of a paywall type type system. Um, you know, did he potentially maybe? And yeah, again, I, I don't know if he did it, you know, on purpose or or whatever. But you know, we we don't know those things. There's, those are questions. But you know, if you're like we do, we put tons of stuff on our Discord and everything. And if at some point we wanted to you know, monetize rows, monetize things, we'd probably figure out a way how to transition people off the Discord onto whatever platform that is. I mean, let's be honest with each other. So again, 
neither here nor there. Um, just my, my two cents on, on some of the conversation today. Well said. Uh, any, anything you want to add, uh, John? I'm good, sir. Folks, we're at the end of the program. Harley Schlanger is next, 12 p.m. Harley Schlanger is next. Be here or be nowhere. That's right. With that being said, CJ, take it away. Yeah, I get to say CJ, take it away.